Welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. We're going to begin in Proverbs chapter 1. Let me read from verses 1 through 7. And I'll encourage you that if you're not reading a proverb every day, that you'll do that. Just take one, beginning on the first, the first is just a few days away, and read Proverbs 1, and on the second, Proverbs 2 and 3, and so on. Let's begin reading. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. The wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel, to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's stop right there. Every day I get to open up the day by reading one of the Proverbs. And I've listed some of those in the bulletin that just deal with the fear of the Lord. Such as these verses, just as we've just read in 1 and 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. 2 and verse 2 through 6 so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. How about 8, 12, and 13? I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. How about 9, 9 through 11? Give instruction to a wise man and he will be wiser still. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life be added to you. 10.27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. 14.26 and 27 says, In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and His children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, to turn away one from the snares of death. 15.31-33 says, The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. 
16.6 says, In mercy and truth atonement is provided for iniquity, and by the fear of the Lord one departs from evil. And so also 19.23, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. 22.4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Now I hope to tie all of these in as we're talking about wisdom, we're talking about the fear of the Lord, and we're talking about knowledge. The Proverbs open by saying these things are given so that you can have knowledge of the Lord and you can have an understanding. Here's where wisdom begins. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Chapter 9 and verse 9 said. In verse 1 and 7 it tells us that this is the beginning of knowledge. This helps us day by day to understand who God is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So we're going to look at that in two different aspects. Today, Lord willing, we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And Lord willing, next week we'll talk about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Because these are very positive aspects for our lives. First, let me ask, what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is an abiding. It's that lingering sense, that reverence sense that you recognize how awesome our God is, how great God is. You remember the hymn, I think it's in our Heavenly Highway book, My God is real, real in my soul. My God is real and I can feel Him in my soul. His love for me is like pure gold. My God is real, real in my soul. You see, that's what the fear of the Lord begins to do, it causes us to recognize that God exists and He is real. He is a personal being and He loves us. And He is with you. And He is watching over you. And it gives us every reason to believe that God has revealed Himself and He shows His character. And that's what I want us to see. I want us to see the character of God as His love, His holiness. His justice, that He has declared Himself through His Word. So why is fear the beginning of knowledge? Because knowledge is the understanding, the comprehension of facts. It's that right application of those facts. So as we understand something, as we know something, we have to use it in the right way without first understanding and apprehending and using those facts, applying them to the situation. You see, in all of that it will modify, it will uh, cause us to react in certain ways, to basically understand that this is how we should be. This is how it ought to dictate in our lives. This is how it ought to be practical for us. This is how to use it properly, how to use it rightfully. You see, we can know how to use a lot of things. You can pick up a Tylenol bottle, you can take the proper dosage for whatever it tells you, for your age and weight or however it does, and it will get rid of the headache pain. But if you take an incorrect dosage, it's known to cause liver damage and other damage, so much so that some have died from that result. So you see, 
Knowledge is the correct application of a thing. And so knowing something, we want to use it in the right way. Knowing God, we want to use Him and and understand Him in the right way. Not that we use Him, but He uses us. Here was another verse I didn't read before, Proverbs 24, 13 and 14. It says, My son, eat honey because it's good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to your taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, there is a prospect, and your hope will not be cut off. Now I have to tell you, one of the reasons I believe we should read Proverbs every day is because it contrasts knowing good, knowing evil, wisdom, and being a fool. I have certain things in my life that were foolish. Now, only a fool does foolish things. So I don't want to continue as a fool. I want the wisdom of God. I want it to be used in my life. And that's why this is listed here. So that we don't have to go off and do foolish things, but we'll attain wise counsel from the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, who was inspired by God, by the way. This is God's Word, not just the writings of Solomon, but this is how God used Solomon and the wisdom that He gave him so that we might be wise. And it was written for young people, for the young man, it says. So it calls young people not to continue in foolishness, not to continue in silly ways. The word simple, that this was given to give prudence to the simple, that is to the naive, to the one who doesn't know. And you know what? Children are naive, they're innocent, they're pure, they're beautiful, but they need to learn wisdom. They need to have a proper knowledge of who God is and how God works in their life. And that's why we say, Eat honey because it's good, but the honeycomb. But so is knowledge. The knowledge of wisdom is going to be to your soul. It's going to help you day by day. So if you found it, there is hope for you. That's why I want to read, and that's why I encourage you to read every day, to read one of the Proverbs and start your mind recognizing I want the wisdom of God. I want the knowledge of God. I want to recognize who God is today. So because knowledge is food for the soul. By the way, what is the soul? Well, the soul is the mind, the emotions, the intellect. And it's difficult to separate the spirit and the soul. And I believe that man is a triune being. We could say that man is a trichotomy. (laughs) We can get into all kinds of big theological terms. Some say, oh no, man is just a dichotomy. That means a man just is soul and spirit is the same thing and flesh. But no, I think man is body, soul, and spirit. Simple as that. Hi, let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on landmarkstockton, all one word, dot com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you and back to our podcast. 
And it's the Word of God that is able to divide the spirit and the soul because sometimes it's difficult for us to recognize when is something spiritual, when is it just in our head? When is it the Holy Spirit moving us? And when is it our own thoughts? Have you ever wondered and think, well, is that the Lord giving me direction? Or is that just my own thoughts? Is that just something I'm considering and thinking, well, I should do that. But it's the Scripture that's able to divide those for us, in us. What should it supply? What are the accumulated powers of understanding that wisdom and knowledge, what it can do to the soul? Because the knowledge that we gain, the knowledge of God, should feed the soul and train it so that we begin to live a little different. We continue to live differently. And in the end, the understanding of the great comprehension of God will come into its fullness. We'll understand all that God is. These are just a few of the benefits that we see of coming to understand the fear of the Lord. Because if we just have knowledge, just an accumulation of facts, then Well, that might be fine for trivial pursuit. (laughs) It might be fine if you're going to be a candidate for Jeopardy. But we need to be using the knowledge and using the facts and applying them in our life. That way society is impacted. Our families are impacted. Our own lives are impacted. We've just looked at all of these scriptures And we've seen how great ways that the fear of the Lord impacts us. It helps us to have a knowledge of God. It helps us to hate evil. It helps us to have wisdom. It helps prolong our days. It helps us that we live in a strong confidence. It's the fountain of life. It gives us the leading into wisdom and departing from evil. And we can go on and on. The riches and honors. And that's what the fear of God does when we recognize the reverence and the awe of God. So the fear of God is the first thing. It's the primary thing. It is our primary motivation. You see, it is the consciousness of who God is. It is the consciousness that we know that this world didn't just explode and, you know, gases... It was made by a creator. It was designed. You are made by a great creator that loves you, that cares for you. That's why we need to have a fear of the Lord. It's a laying down of the revealed facts that God has shown about Himself and it's respecting God as the greatest. It's respecting that God made you in His own image. That He's loved you. And it's the setting up of His will. Because in all of this, as you begin to understand who God is, it brings us to a place where we see ourselves as a sinner. As Brother Danny brought out, our own needs. We see God in His holiness. And the greater we understand of God, we see our own need. And that's where we understand Christ has come and has become our go-between. He has become the means by which we can now come before such a great and awesome and reverent and holy God. What your theology is, what you believe about God, what you believe about how we should reverence God, how we should have 
recognition, what we ought to see God's hand in our lives every day, how we ought to have a, a life of reverence and awe. That's your theology. Because what you know and you believe about God ought to dictate how you live your life. It ought to be practical. You see, theology isn't just for a seminary and for certain people to want to study this and learn those things. Our theology is practical. What you believe means how you're going to live. So in the Old Testament, it was the designation called religion. And I kind of hate to use it, but it was the fear of the Lord. They say that that reverence for Him, the one who is one, one God, who is eternal, the creator, the giver of life, who gives new life. And the Old Testament compares Him with the heathen gods. And how much greater, how much... For He was the Deliverer of Israel, past, present, never. He is the All-Holy, the All-Merciful One. And we see in contrast to the false gods, how great our God is. So that moves us to a practical place of reverence in our lives. It moves us to trust Him. It moves us to having a heart of gratitude, that thanks, that love for God. And with this expression, we can compare walking with Jehovah. We saw the fear of Jehovah in verse 7 of chapter 1. But we might think about also the walking with God, the walking of Jehovah, and the service of Jehovah. Those are practical aspects of our life, of our religion, of our belief. It indicates that soulish being, it indicates what we know. It's the emotional, it's the intellectual, it's all tied up. And it has a very great practical aspect for us. It's very real, very applicable. Because we put the truths into practice. If you believe it, you believe it, it's true, then we're going to practice that. So this fear of Jehovah God is put into practice. And the result of the new life... If you've been born again, you want to understand who God is. Little children understand that they need a Savior. But as you grow, you understand how great God is. You understand all of the various aspects of God. You understand how magnificent and what it cost for God to become human to become flesh and to die on a cruel cross so that we could have eternal life. You begin to understand the greater concept, the greater applications of that in your life. So it might start out in just a very simple, a basic understanding, but that should grow and grow. And that's what the fear of the Lord causes us to have a knowledge of Him. You see, true religion and and the right concept and understanding of God is essential to beginning sound knowledge. It's essential to beginning. Having a right concept of God is essential to beginning of sound knowledge. Men have separated. There are some that compartmentalize. Oh, well, that's religion. This is science. This is arithmetic. This is, you know, they compartmentalize. They put everything here, there. But really, when you understand God, He is the creator of everything. And you see how God has great design in every single aspect of all which He's done. 
And so then you can understand the mathematics that God has established that. And He has done it mathematically correct. And so man is striving to know more about God. But sometimes people think, oh, well, that's just religion. And it goes over here and it doesn't apply in my life. You see, and so we have to be careful not to compartmentalize what we know about God and say, well, that's fine for Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to live like this. We're going to do this. We're going to act this way. You see, religion is really the oldest and holiest tradition of our race. And I say that because I'm using this sense of religion as our right concept of God, our right understanding of God, our right knowing of who God is. True religion began with Adam. Think of it. The Lord walked with Adam in the cool of the day. What did Adam? Adam had this phenomenal mind. Adam had this mind even at a day old. He had use of 100% of his mind. And he walked with God and he could ask Him anything. I'm just wondering what were their conversations? How magnificent, how wonderful Would that have been for Adam to have been able to walk with God and say, how did you create? How did you make this? How did you do that? What about this? Tell me about yourself. Because Adam in his great mind, and when you go back to Genesis, you see all of the various sciences that Adam had absolute knowledge in. He wasn't a caveman, or just as some would say, he's just a step above a caveman. No, no, no. Adam was truly created as the greatest and until sin infected his life and has affected our lives as because sin has been passed from Adam to us so that now we can't have the full knowledge as we should as one day that we will as one day I hope that we can walk with the Lord also as Adam did and be able to ask those Deep and wonderful questions. But the reason that some have flawed conclusions is because they have an incorrect hypothesis. What do I mean? They've left God out of the equation. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.